0: You're listening to Miranda Live. I'm Miranda Devine coming to you straight from the Daily Telegraph newsroom in Sydney. Now, I caught up with Malcolm Turnbull yesterday in Washington at the President's guest house, which is next to the White House, just before he flew out and I flew out of Washington after that historic visit. Uh, I asked... Malcolm Turnbull, what Donald Trump, the man, is really like? What's in it for Australia to have a closer relationship with the US? And how do we manage that tension with our biggest trading partner, China? And I also asked him, what was the trick that he used to counter Donald Trump's sort of handshake game where he does this sort of dominance, primal dominance thing where he, um, you know, when he's shaking hands with world leaders, he likes to yank the hand towards him and flip it over. And uh, I noticed when he and Malcolm Turnbull shook hands in the Oval Office on Friday that, in fact, Malcolm Turnbull um, seemed to stand his ground. And I asked him about that, and he will tell you a little bit about our trick. About our trick, and also Melania Trump, she is um, uh, she's stunning in photographs, but in real life, she really is. Uh, she looks like a mannequin. She is almost. Um, you know superhuman or or too good to be human she's so ramrod straight and perfectly well groomed donald trump also is a lot more formidable in person than he looks in photographs or on footage he uh, seems taller slimmer. He doesn't look fat like he does in photographs. And, um, and he just uh, has, has quite a, a sort of a regal bearing as he walks around the place. So he, he looked a lot bigger than Malcolm Turnbull, but he didn't, as I say, said, looked fat. But anyway, this was uh, the conversation with Malcolm Turnbull in Blair House. So Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, um, we're now on the last day of your very successful US visit and we're sitting here in uh, Blair House in the Lincoln Room where you've been staying. Tell us about this room.
1: Well, this was Montgomery Blair's study and he was the Postmaster General and lived in this townhouse just across the road from the White House. And he was a great friend of President Lincoln who used to come over here and talk about the issues of the day, about the war, and all of the other challenges uh, of his presidency. And so we have uh, the last portrait uh, painted of Abraham Lincoln is here above the fireplace, and also a handwritten note by Robert E. Lee resigning his commission in the United States Army in 1861. And it was in this room that two days before that, Abraham Lincoln offered him the command of the Union Army. And Lee, of course, went on to lead the Confederate Army in that terrible, tragic war that saw 600,000 Americans dead. So we're surrounded by a lot of ghosts here in this room uh, and a lot of history, a lot of very, very momentous history around us.
0: And what a privilege to be able to stay here for President Trump to offer this residence for Mm. you to stay in for three nights.
1: Yes. well, The President has showed enormous generosity uh, in the course of this visit. And, you know, after the press conference we had yesterday, as you know, we we were accompanied by a large business delegation. Uh, from Australia and there, they'll also be at the National Governors Association where I'm speaking in, in an hour or so. Uh, after the press conference President Trump changed his schedule to make the time to meet everyone of the business delegation, shake hands with them, have a picture. Uh, now that, you know, wasn't, that, that wasn't on the schedule but he did that because he wanted to show how much he appreciated The Australian business leaders coming to Washington and how much he cares and values our alliance.
0: It's interesting a lot of the business leaders who I've spoken to have remarked the same thing which is that there seems to be um, a natural rapport between you and President Trump even though they all remark also that you're quite different styles but in fact you're quite similar in terms of your background and your um, outcome focused approach.
1: Well, we're both we're both uh, businessmen who who came into politics, you know, later in life. Uh, so, and while we never did any business together, we didn't know each other before we were, uh, had our you know respective jobs. Uh, we've have a number of very good friends who know us very well, mm. and so a lot of points of of uh, connection that way. So, so that meant we could, you know. Accelerate getting to know each other.
0: I noticed yesterday you shook hands with uh, Donald Trump, and he—you—you—you um, he, you, he, you didn't allow him to yank your hand back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, just, uh, Does that
0: take a little bit of effort? Uh,
1: well, I'm not sure whether he. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where, what the uh, what the technique is, but perhaps just uh, <laughs> make sure you stand uh, solidly on your two two pins. <laughs>
0: And um, as a man, what is he like? Is he different from the sort of media portrayal of him?
1: Well, he's he is he's very he look, look, he is larger than life. He's very charismatic. He's very engaging. Um, uh, very good company. Um, and he's a uh, he a really powerful communicator. Mm. Uh, real, real cut through. Communicator, very very effective.
0: Have you picked up any tips from him? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I think. Well, as you said, we've all got our own style.
0: Yeah, and um, he uh, obviously, this trip has been important for mm. Australia. He talked um, in his press conference about um, many good things would come from this trip. What for Australia? For Australians back home, what will they see coming out of your visit here?
1: It's a broadening and deepening. Of the relationship, you know, we, we have a very close relationship. It's an alliance with the United States. Um, we <clears throat> we we focus generally on the national security aspects of it, and you know, much of my discussions with uh, President Trump, as the as with his predecessor, President Obama, are about the Korean Peninsula, the war against or the the, the fight against terrorism globally. How we're working together to keep the world and our Respective nations safe, but there is a very very big economic dimension, and President Trump, of course, is above all, uh, with his business background, focused on jobs and growth. Dare I say it in the United States as I am in Australia, and so, you know, we we have been um, inspired by, encouraged by the reaction to the tax cuts, business tax cuts in America. As you know, we have. Uh, managed to secure Senate approval to uh, tax cuts for small and medium companies. We want to go further. You can see the impact it's had here on investment and employment already.
0: What specifically, what, what impact has it had?
1: Oh, it's, well, it's, it's, it's uh, added to economic growth. It's, uh, they estimate it will add nearly 1% to GDP, which is massive. Uh, it is, uh, And, and the, the bulk of the benefit goes to workers because you get more investment, you get more jobs and you get better paid jobs. If you get more investment in any business, you get more greater productivity. Greater productivity leads to uh, higher wages. That's the key to, to higher wages, actually, greater productivity. So,
0: Does it encourage you to go further with your tax cuts because yours are slower and smaller than uh, America's?
1: Well, yes, that it, the, the answer is we will focus on getting through our program, which will bring company tax down to 25%. You can get uh, the same economic benefit from a tax cut for larger companies if it is postponed, as long as they know it's coming. Because if you're talking about a a huge company, you know, a Rio or a BHP, uh, they plan their capital investments years in advance. Whereas the smaller companies obviously are reacting more quickly.
0: Now China, um, it seems that Australia is emerging as having a role as a moderator really between our great trading partner China and our great ally and investor America. Is that something that's come into focus on this trip?
1: The one thing we have to be careful of, because we've got to be hard-headed and practical about this, is to reject the sort of you know, Cold War paradigm which people sometimes, perhaps for nostalgic reasons, like to impose. I mean, China. The rise of China has been of enormous benefit to the region, to the world, and our concern uh, is simply to ensure that the rules-based order, where you know the the big fish don't eat the little fish, and the little fish don't eat the shrimps, in other words, where the rights of smaller nations are respected, and there is genuine access to competition and open markets, all of those and such values. And the South
0: China Sea. Yeah,
1: well all of those values maintaining the rule of law right through the region mm. is critical to enable the continued security and prosperity we've depended on. That's why we've persevered with the Trans-Pacific Partnership, why we TPP 11 is being signed uh, in Chile next month uh, and that's, you know, again that is setting out the rules of the road for trade in our region and we hope that over time that TPP 11 will uh, will grow again to you know 12 and indeed more
0: the South China Sea yesterday um, Donald Trump was asked if he would like Australia to come and help you know in those naval exercises is that something that you would entertain
1: it's something I would never speculate about
0: <laughs> <laughs> and um, and quickly on the TPP yes. is there anything that you've spoken to Donald Trump about that he said he would might consider joining if it, the deal was better, have you offered him anything? No,
1: no he we, we haven't had any specific discussions about that, and I don't anticipate any change in u s uh, thinking on the TPP mm-hmm. anytime soon. Look, the reality is this that we uh, the President Trump in his campaign, made a commitment not to go ahead with the TPP and he's fulfilled his election pledge. No. I, don't, I don't know why people should be people shouldn't be surprised by that.